paperback readers. I'm Joe, that's Julie, and it's been a busy couple weeks for us, but we've managed to fit in a few good reads to tell you about. Mine are all fiction. Mine are not. No, no fiction except for our shared read. Yeah. So, pretty good example of what we read then. All right, so I read four books. The first one is called Meet Me in the Margins by Melissa Ferguson, and I had a really hard time remembering what this book was about, not because it wasn't (laughs) a really, really cute book, but because I read it two weeks ago, and that's the state of mind I'm in right now. It's just May eats your brain, you know? Yeah, I do. (laughs) All right. Um, Meet Me in the Margins was about a young woman who works in publishing, but she wants to be an author. She has received an offer from an agent to look at her book, but she needs to make some changes fast. Unfortunately, she gets uh, caught with her manuscript at her editing job. And in a panic to hide it, she puts it away in a spot at her agency that she thinks she's the only one who knows about it. And when she comes back to pick it up, it has notes all over it. Somebody has found her manuscript and read it. And the notes are really good and they're helpful. And so she writes back and leaves more pieces of her manuscript there and it becomes a dialogue between her and this mystery person who helps her make her book something good. And, you know, of course, also happens to be, like, a really cute guy. So, anyway. I was thinking I could use some somebody like this except <laughs> for the last part. That's yeah. obviously of no help to me, but... Uh... It was just a super sweet story. It went really fast, and so I really liked it. Um, then I read The Last Graduate by Naomi Novik. Um, this is a sequel in the Skolomax Skolomance series. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. That we read um, earlier this year. We did. And we yeah. talked about on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So this is the second one. And it is the senior year. And they have to figure out how they're going to form these alliances. And, sorry, Galadriel, L and Orion Lake have to figure out how they're going to get out. What alliances they're going to be a part of. They've already formed some on their own. But what is the best path to their goals? And what actually are their goals anyway? Um, because as they get closer and closer to this um, deathly graduation, for Elle anyway, the idea of what she needs to do shifts. I really liked this book. Um, I loved the first one in the series. Then my sister found this one and she read it and was super excited about it. So thank you, Christy, for passing this one on to me. <laughs> Um, she said she liked it better than the first one, and I totally see why. So does it finish in a spot that leaves you thinking there will be a third one there to follow? There has to be a third one. Okay. Yes. That absolutely does. Christy told me when it's coming out, but I can't remember. Like, there's already a date for oh, it. Oh, wow. So definitely looking forward to reading the next one in this just really fascinating, fun, fast-paced series. No doubt. I shut my list, and there are two I more. I wondered why. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, then I read By the Book by Jasmine Geary. Um, Geary, I may have talked about her before on this. I've read several of her books, so I imagine that I have. This one is, again, people who work in publishing. There's a lot of that. Book Lovers was also people who work in publishing. So that's a very popular kind of trope right now. Um, in this one, it's basically a modern day set in the publishing world retelling of Beauty and the Beast. So the main character works in publishing. She gets the chance to go to Los Angeles for a conference. And while she's there, she gets the assignment to go work one-on-one with one of her boss's most 
demanding and difficult clients. And she ends up helping him write his book and also um, love blossoms along the way. What I really liked about this one, though, it's not steamy like her other books are. Like some of her books are, whew, they, they really are, even for me. Um, but this one really stuck to that kind of fairy tale idea. It was, it was very closed door. It was very um, sweet all the way through. And I liked the little hints that she threw in all the way through. If you were familiar with this particular story, both like its real story form and also the Disney version of it. So that was a fun read. Good this time of year. Yeah. Or any other. <laughs> and then I read Unlikely Animals by Annie Hartnett, which had come recommended highly by so many people. I feel like Annie B. Jones at the bookshelf really liked this one. I think that Haley, um, who we've quoted so many times on here, our friend Haley, I think she recommended this one really highly as well. Mm -hmm. um, in this story, the main character comes home from an attempt at medical school. She's dropped out of it. To you need to be careful about spoiling this since I'm going to read it. But I think that's in the flap cover. <laughs> okay. And anyway, I read that to you in the first chapter to yeah. see if you liked well, it. Well, I knew it, but I didn't know if anybody else needed to. It so. was the first anyway. chapter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, to visit her father who's dying. Um, he has started to, he has a weird kind of brain disease that they never give a name to in the story, but he basically has started hallucinating animals and he sees them all over the place. And so it's a really, really good story of family and friendship. Oh yeah, that's the other part of it, the friendship. He has also become determined to save Crystal Nash, who is her best friend from high school, who has mysteriously gone missing. The police aren't doing much. In the face of the opioid crisis um, in their state, they assume that it is just another uh, drug-ridden disappearance. But her father, for whatever reason, is absolutely positive that that's not the case. So it's a story of family, friendship, forgiveness, finding your place, um, and really kind of destiny. What are you really supposed to be? Gorgeous book. Gorgeous. Maybe a top 10 of the year. I really, really loved it. Oh, I'm going to weigh in on it later. Spoiler alert there, if not <laughs> on the plot. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the, uh, the, I think you read me like the intro and maybe two chapters. I think I read you two chapters just so you could see if you liked it. Because honestly, while I, usually the books I give to you, I like to be 100% positive that you are going to love them. Like our shared read that we're going to talk about it in a minute. I knew you were going to love that book. Like, I could pick out the parts where you were going to be all emotional, and I was right about it, too. Um, so I wasn't really as sure about this one, but I think that you'll like it, and I guess we'll see you next time in two That's weeks. true. Okay, you're up. Well, I've got a couple of books to read, and uh, or to read, that I read. And the first one, I have a special guest to help me out in talking about. So, Ryan, you wanted to talk about a book that we read over the last few weeks. And yep. what's that book called? Dynasties, The Ten Goat Teams That Changed the NBA Forever by Marcus Thompson II. Okay, and the goat teams in the NBA, so it's a basketball book. Uh, tell what this book was like. Okay, before I do that, I need to clarify, goat means greatest of all time. For yeah. people that don't know that, they might be confused. Okay. So... The book is about the greatest teams that 
won all the championships. There's the George Mike and Lakers, the Bill Russell Celtics. What else is there? there what are there. some of the more modern ones that, that people the might know? Stephen Curry uh, Warriors. Mm -hmm. There was the Kobe and Shaq Lakers, the Tim Duncan Spurs. And who's the guy right in the middle of the picture on the cover? Um, the <laughs> Michael Jordan Bulls. Okay, so he went chapter by chapter and kind of told you who the important people were. And he had cool categories. He'd say who is the brains behind it and who's the forgotten star and who was their big villain, you know, set up like that, right? How did the dynasty almost end early? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did you like this book? Yeah, it was really good. What, I learned a lot. What did you think were the, were the strengths of it? Well, it was the perfect mix between like totally boring, like I'm falling asleep over here and like... Michael Jordan was a great player. The end. Yeah, so it, it, it did give it, you some information, but it, it didn't overwhelm me, you. It told me a lot, and it was interesting, and it wasn't like it told me enough that it was that it was very informative and felt like an adult book, but it wasn't like boring like an adult book. <laughs> Not boring like an adult book. Has really good art in it too. Yeah. Right, all the drawings and stuff. They're they're very good. Uh, so you would recommend this book for. Uh, Anybody who's a basketball fan, I guess? Probably anybody who's a basketball fan, like seven and up. Because then don't you think that a six or under year old would be totally lost? Maybe, yeah. Because they're like, who is Bill Russell? And they're like, oh boy. Yeah. Well, you like uh, Howard Bryant's uh, Legends, yeah. which is another good book that's kind of similar to this, but yeah. kind of different too. All right, Ryan, thanks. Thanks. Okay, so that was the verdict on Dynasties. I also read a book called Playmakers, How the NFL Really Works and Doesn't by Mike Florio. Mike uh, is the head of ProFootballTalk.com and kind of a regular talking head on all things NFL. This was a really interesting, well-constructed book from my uh, vantage point. I'm not a big NFL guy, and and that's like the weirdest no. thing in the world right now. Because you like college football, right? Everybody loves the NFL. I, I, you know, I keep up with who wins the Super Bowl. I watched a few playoff games this year. I can see why it's as popular as it is. They are masters of marketing, of creating storylines, and they have probably the most competitive sport. Uh, but what Florio does is he goes through the entire. Uh, sport in 10 parts and kind of has just little short takes he'll go two or three pages on a subject kind of give you a primer on what it's about and and why it matters uh, and you know for instance part two is free agency and he talks about how that works and the franchise tag and and particular incidents where that's blown up or it hasn't worked and maybe how it should be reformed it's an interesting book because it's kind of part part uh, history, kind of part the state of the NFL, and part uh, Florio will dive off into solutions and will say, I think moving forward they're going to have to figure out a way to address you know, this particular aspect of the sport. And some of it's on-field stuff, some of it's off-field stuff. Uh, so I don't know if it would be uh, as engaging of a book if you're a hardcore NFL uh, fan, you probably have kept up with all of this religiously and it might just be redundant, but as a guy who kind of just keeps a toe dipped in the NFL, 
Uh, I was familiar with a lot of this, but he added some depth and some understanding for me. And some of these things I actually didn't really know about or hadn't followed. And, you know, his, uh, his thoughts are his thoughts, but they're, they're well crafted and worth considering, even if you disagree with them. So, uh, particularly for the half-hearted NFL fan, Playmakers uh, was a very good read. Cool. The other book that I read on my own was Impeach, The Trial of President Andrew Johnson and the Fight for Lincoln's Legacy by David O. Stewart. And this is continuing the presidential biographies. Uh, Johnson, well, I mean, it's probably pretty telling that I read a book that's really not a biography as much as it's the story of his impeachment because that's what people know of about, know him for, if anything. Uh, and... You know, probably deservedly so. Not one of our more distinguished presidents. Most famous is the guy who not only got impeached, but came one vote away from getting literally kicked out of office. Uh, Mr. Stewart is kind of a legal insider, so he comes at this able to not only tell the history, but kind of frame it in a legal way, which was interesting to me. Um, I didn't really know much about the legal machinations and the fact that Stewart is very clear the end result was procured by fraud, bribery, you know, dirty money was everywhere all over this uh, on either side of it. So there's also that element of, you know, we want to look at long ago and far away and think of the pure, pristine days of America. Well, what a load of horse hockey. It's always been cutthroat and the days of Andrew Johnson weren't much different uh, than the impeachments that we've seen in the last quarter century now. Um, But it was an interesting and well-written book, and probably the best way to absorb some knowledge about Andrew Johnson is to talk about the most famous and infamous part of his presidency. Uh, I have just started Ron Chernow's biography of Ulysses Grant. Of course, Chernow is the guy who wrote the Hamilton book that prompted Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, to take up his pen. So I've enjoyed the beginning of his Grant book, and I have very high hopes for it. I think it'll be... Uh, engaging in a way that maybe some of the last few in the series for me haven't particularly been. I hope it will be everything you want. Well, and then there's a book that we read together. Which is called Marrying the Ketchups, and it's by Jennifer Close, and it's wonderful. (laughs) Well, there's a good thumbnail sketch of it. (laughs) You know, it's funny to me. One of the things that stood out, and you talked about marrying the ketchups, marrying the ketchups, to reiterate for anybody who maybe missed the episode where you talked about it or needs a little more depth, it's about a family that have a family restaurant and... In Wrigleyville. Yeah, and and their ongoing struggles in the fall of 2016 when everything in the world happened all at once. Uh, the Cubs win the pennant and then the world series donald trump is elected president and a significant member of this family passes on Uh, and these are all things that everybody's got to deal with in their time some mean more to one than another but they're all the the interlocking of these things really uh, gives us an insight into this family which is a group of wonderfully dysfunctional people if you had just Given me thumbnail sketches of these characters, I'm not sure I would have wanted to read the book, but they're they're rendered so well. It's interesting that when I was reading reviews before I read the book, um, that was the biggest complaint that a lot of people said, that they didn't like the characters, that they thought they were, you know, all kinds of terrible things. 
I thought they were very real. But I also thought you needed to read on beyond the first chapter with each of them to find that out. Mm-hmm. So, rabid Cubs fans, also very much anti-Trump. Yeah, I think just about everybody in here in one way or another, yeah. And I, and I think that both of those things are important to understand because it's really less about either the Cubs winning the World Series or Trump winning the election but the um, resounding thing that has just rocked every character's life is how did the world get this way? <laughs> that, yeah. that question. And they're each seeking to answer that question in their own particular lives um, in the wake of those two big events that led so many people across America to ask, how did the world get this way? Mm-hmm. Um it follows mostly um, the siblings and cousin. Do I have that right together? Yeah. Um, and they have a, a family tree in the front of the book, which I did refer to I a time too. or two to make sure, okay, so this is this person's uncle, uh, you know, yeah. So mm-hmm. just to make sure I had it right. But it also deals with their parents and grandparents and the loyalties and the betrayals and the wants both fulfilled and unfulfilled in each generation, which I found really interesting to kind of see how those things were passed down, even if they weren't always consciously done and the the kids did not realize how conscious that was or unconscious. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, one of the, the other big things here is you've got all these tumultuous things that are all kind of brave new world events and they're all tied to this restaurant. That's kind of a relic. It's kind of a dinosaur. It's just kind of hanging on, even though its heyday has probably come and gone. But it is exactly 100% home. Yeah. And, and what does that mean? How do, you, how do you move on from that? Do you move on from that? If Should you, you? If you move on, what can you take from it? Um, and if you stay, how can you put your own mark on it? Yeah, yeah. And make it truly your own home. I personally loved... The kinds of the the bigger motifs that wove the whole thing together, the Trump election, the Cubs and also restaurants and food, Um, Mm -hmm. because what you a lot of the character development, particularly in the beginning, came through watching what they ate, what they they eat and drink a lot in this book. They do. And it's really important. It's not none of it is incidental. Um, The things that they chose and the things that they disliked and. It was just all really, really interesting and really fun. Kind of made me think about us and the way that those things play out for us as well. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, you know, for for a book that's a very internal book that centers around a, a group of characters who are in mostly in some area of middle age, mostly in some area of personal disintegration. It really was, was just remarkably compelling. I've, I don't remember the last book I read where I simultaneously wanted to hug and strangle characters <laughs> for a lot of the book, but, but there was a lot of that. But I think that's why I liked it, because that's how we are with that's the real people, are, yeah. people in right. our lives as well. And I think it's one of the reasons that this book really, really worked for me. Because at the end of it, it's not a happily ever after kind of thing at all. But you feel peace for these people because you can see they're, they're just people doing their best like every other person. They're still going to get knocked down. You feel confident of that. 
but you know they're going to have some real joy as well. It felt very real. And also, let's just say it, the Cubs stuff was really cool in it. And it goes through, and with each of the main characters, um, and then some of the supporting characters, it does a little tiny chapter scattered throughout the book for each one of them to show where they were and what they were thinking when the Cubs won the World Series. And for two Cubs fans, that was really cool. Yeah, I mean, that's that's quintessential. We all uh, have those stories and, and treasure those stories and will remember those stories. And, and maybe it tells you something about who you are, where you were, how you were, when it all finally came down. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd like to think so anyway, but but an interesting book and, and a very worthwhile book. I think it's really important to go into this book knowing what you're coming into. It is not a, it, it's, it's in the literary genre. This is not going to be a book that takes you through on plot. No, it's a book about event. relationships, yeah, essentially. This is people. So you're, you're, you need to go in expecting that. Otherwise, I think you might be disappointed. And if you're disappointed by this book, then that's really, really sad. Because this is just—it's beautiful. I wondered where you were going with that. It's like if yeah. you're disappointed, we're going to come thump you. No, no it's just—I don't want anybody to miss all the beauty in this book because it is truly a wonderful story. It is, and remind everybody what the shared read is for next time because you've read it and I haven't, and I'm just thinking the book with the guy hallucinating animals, and that's next not going to help. Next time, again, pumping up your fiction life, <laughs> Unlikely Animals by Annie Hartnett. So if you have read Unlikely Animals, or if you have read Marrying the Ketchups, or you just have questions, want to talk some more about either one of those, you can get in touch with us at paperbackreaderspod at gmail.com, on Instagram at paperbackreaderspod, or on Twitter at paybackreaderspod. Thanks so much for listening. Hope uh, everybody's enjoying something good to read, and if you're not, just pick up another one, whatever it is. Keep reading. Keep reading.